Are you ready to turn your crafting passion into a thriving business? Join me, Kimberly Smith, the Paper Chef, for a creative journey filled with success stories, expert insights, and the crafty inspiration you've been waiting for. This is Hello Crafty Friends. Welcome to the Hello Crafty Friends podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Smith, the Paper Chef. Welcome to episode six, where I'm going to be talking about monetizing. I have 21 ways for you to make money from your crafts. Now, actually, there are more than 21 ways on my list, but you may lump some together. You may not. So I'm just thinking that was a catchy title. We are going to talk about making money from crafting in several different categories. I'm actually live on my YouTube channel right now, so if you have any questions, go ahead and put them up there, and later I'll give some shout-outs and maybe answer some questions as well. I'm also going to be showing you a couple things I'm making right now that I will be selling, and if you want to see those and you're listening to this podcast later, then do check out my YouTube where you're going to have some visuals as well. Now, the categories that I want to discuss right now are in the areas of social selling, and that can be considered direct sales, and I'll explain how I do that in the different ways you can make money from direct sales. I'm going to be talking about affiliate marketing, and that's how you can earn some commissions by promoting other types of products that are related to crafting, of course, because we're talking about crafting right now. I'm gonna be talking about teaching crafts and the different ways and platforms that you can teach your crafts on and how that works and how you can earn an income from that. I'm gonna be talking about recurring sources of income, things that you can rely on month to month, pretty much month to month through subscriptions, memberships, etc so that your business has more stability and predictability through those recurring sources of income. I'm going to be talking about selling, actually selling physical products, whether that be something that you sell on your Etsy store and you put it in the mail, or whether you sell those things at craft fairs or craft shows, or if you just take orders for them, but that is physical products. And lastly, the other category is events that you can host both virtual and in person. Every single example that I'm going to share with you is something that I've personally done, personally earned money from, and I can explain which one is my primary source of income because you probably have that question, but it actually depends. It's not the same month to month. Certain months, they'll be different, and this is why it's important to track different sources of income will be higher or lower depending on the month. And I'll explain some of those factors to you. So last night we had the third meeting of my new Grow Your Crafty business membership program. We had a Zoom call, we were talking about social selling and one of the members of the group said, I just like doing kits. I don't don't care if I sell anything. Oh, Oh my God, I wanted to lose it. I wanted to lose it because The whole reason I started this membership really was to help people who are in my shoes in 2016. In other words, I'm trying to help people that were like I was when I started. 
I had no strategy. I didn't care if I sold a thing. All I did was want to share my crafts and just share this, share that, no plan, no strategy. Didn't mind if I sold anything. And of course the result was I didn't make a lot of sales at first because I just wanted to just keep sharing, sharing, sharing. Okay. If that is you, please listen to me. You cannot give from an empty well. Okay. You cannot keep sharing, sharing, sharing because you will have nothing left to share because you will not be able to afford more craft supplies to share. You will not be able to put the gas in your car to drive to a craft fair. You will not be able to buy a label maker if you do have customers and you want to send, even if you don't have customers, even if you just want to sell your crafts and make a little money to share, you might need a label maker. You might need, if you want to share on YouTube, you might need a tripod. I was using duct tape at first. Then you need it, you know, you need your first camera stand. Then you need a tripod. Then you need a better tripod. Then a microphone. Then a ring light, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't, you can't level up without having some cash flow in your business. So never ever feel bad if you are providing value for someone that never feel like you are not deserving of an income. You are deserving like any other professional that you, that is out there. We are professionals. We sell our crafts. We share our creativity. We share our gifts. And that deserves to be, you deserve to be compensated for that. And you can be compensated for that in so many different ways. Pick the method that is most comfortable for you. I have no limits anymore. I, I wasn't comfortable selling years ago. Although I was more comfortable selling in person because I did grow up with my dad selling t-shirts at track meets. And I mean, I was very comfortable. I've always been comfortable selling in person at fairs and things like that. But I wasn't very comfortable when I first started in direct sales with the selling part. So I just never really mentioned anything about it. Some people just stumbled upon my site and they bought from me anyway. I didn't really know how to do it. So at this point though, I have earned four incentive trips and is it four? Well, one got canceled. Let me think. Hawaii, Norway canceled, but it was, I call it the trip in a box where we got sent a really cool robe and some earbuds and we couldn't go on the trip because of obvious reasons. And then Mexico, and I'm about to earn, I'm going to say about to, not like it's close, but I will 100% sure that's how sure I am. I will earn the, the Disney trip, but I must say that only, I have to say this disclaimer, it's required by Stampin' Up. Less than 1% earned the incentive trip. Less than 1% of Stampin' Up demonstrators. Okay, and then also over the years of working on this channel, I have made it to top performer category globally. And then after they stopped doing globally in the US, all of those years where I earned the trip, well, at least the last four. And I wanna thank you all for that support. It didn't happen from being uncomfortable. It happened from stepping out of my comfort zone and getting into this and knowing that what I'm doing is important and helping people. So that's what it's all about at the heart of it all. All right, so let's talk about, I am a Stampin' Up! demonstrator and I just mentioned the top performer. So this year I was 40 in the U.S. and there's about almost 40,000 demonstrators. So I was very happy to be ranked 40. 
And the way you can earn money from a company like this is, and this goes for other ones too, because I'm familiar with many other types of direct sales, but right now we're talking about crafting, is you share how to use the products. And then if someone buys the products from you, you earn a commission. And you start out by earning a 20% commission. And I'm just going to grab a catalog as a sample, kind of visual aid here. Sorry for the clunking around. And there goes a craft a lunch. That's when stuff falls off my table when I'm doing videos, which happens quite often. We have here some catalogs. And you can't buy everything in the catalog, although you want to. You buy the things that you want to, with strategy, hopefully, that you're going to be presenting and featuring. And then as you share those products and someone buys them, you would start out by making 20% commission. And that literally just goes right into your bank account. And at the point of becoming a bronze elite, that's a, that's a promotion you get, then somebody buys something from a catalog. I'm flipping through it right now. And then you would make 25% commission. Okay, and at the same time, you would make that as a discount, but that's not an income. If you just were to get a discount, that is not considered income. So if I buy something for myself, that's not income, but it is a discount of the same amount. But if you purchase something from me, I do get a commission. I do explain that on my channel and you should tell people that so they understand that when you're selling something. All right, but that's just one way. And another way is that you build a team. And I have a team of over 80 papered chefs. We are called the papered chefs and when my team, mostly hobby demonstrators, but when they shop, and, and this is kind of tricky, so we won't get into it. I could do a separate episode on each of these 21 methods, so we won't get into the nitty gritty, but if they shop and, okay, so one, they have to shop and the sales are at a certain level, and then my sales, if I don't sell anything, I can't get a commission from my team. Hope that makes sense. So. There's two factors. They would have to buy things in that month and I would have to sell things to get to it or buy or have my sales at a certain level. And then I earn commissions on those things, on the things that they sell. So I earn commissions from my team. Another thing that we can get is when we get to a certain volume of sales during certain months, this happens, especially if there's a celebration like coming up in January, I'm sure I'll hit it that month. There's something called a volume rebate and you get extra bonuses when you get to that higher volume of sales, you make higher commissions or actually it's, it's actually money. It's called a rebate. And then there's what's called bonuses. When I reached the hundred thousand dollar level of what I sold, I made a bonus. I think it was a thousand could have been 500. I don't remember. And then I got it again when I got to 200,000, I'm working on trying to get to 300,000 and that is not the part that I have for that. That is the part that is, that's how many, here, let me just visual aid. That's a lot of stamps I sold, okay? But we don't just sell stamps. We sell paper and things like that. So that's the level I'm up to. And so I'm working on that. But there's the commission and then there's the team and then there's leadership. When your team members promote and they get to certain levels, then you can get you have to have so many, though. You don't just get money for each person getting to it. But if five people get to a certain level, then you could get a bonus from that. So there's bonuses. Okay, now I have other ways I earn income from Stampin' Up, and I will get to that when I talk about the recurring sources of income. But those are the methods from that I just explained from Stampin' Up, and there'll be more.
Now I'd like to talk about my YouTube channel and what's called affiliates. So if, for example, there's something that would directly compete with what I'm selling from my company, then of course I can't promote something like that because it would be something that I already sell. However, there's a lot of things that support your crafty business and there are people that earn their sole source of income just from doing what's called affiliate marketing. And here's how it works. And I don't actually share this enough. I should share this more with you that I have affiliate links in my description of my videos. We say I'm sharing a tutorial on how to use the Brother Scan and Cut electronic die cutting machine. And then my viewers are like, this is so cool. Like you're showing how to cut out, let me just hold up this, how to cut out these stamped images. And say, at the same time, Stampin' Up! doesn't sell metal dies to cut out these images, which they don't for this particular set that I'm holding up. For those of you that are listening, I'm holding up the festive and fun. And this is an actual example of one that I did go on YouTube and I did a tutorial on this, how to cut out stamped images with the festive and fun. I believe I did a tutorial on this, but it's all getting blurry because I've done like oh, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. And then someone would you go get the stamp set, I would get a commission from Stampin' Up. But then if they say, wow, that's really cool. I love that machine. And I will say there's a link to the machine in the description of this video. And then they go click on that link and you should disclose that it's an Amazon link, right? That Well, it happens to be an Amazon link. I could also have links to other places where you could buy it, but I just choose to do it on Amazon. And then you would get a commission from Amazon the next month. Now, here's what's really cool about affiliate marketing that you may or may not know, is if somebody goes to get my scan and cut and they decide they need diapers for their baby and a pair of shoes and a pair of sunglasses, okay, let's just make up other stuff, then you actually are the one that sent them to Amazon. So you would actually get a small commission from anything they bought after following your link. But it's a cookie and not a cookie we can eat. Too bad we can't eat it. So you would have to purchase something within a certain amount of time for the person to get credit for, for that. Now I'm an affiliate with other companies as well. Ones that sell some art supplies, ones that sell fonts, and because I often, I have lots of courses, which we'll get to later. And often in my courses, and this is not where I promote those affiliates, by the way, because you, you, that's a no-no for your courses for the most part, is, but if I have a course, or actually, let's just say a tutorial, we'll, we'll use the word tutorial, on my YouTube channel, and I tell everybody, like, this is a really cool font, and here's how to weld the letters together using Canvas Workspace, and... Here's where to go buy that font. I send them to a website. If they buy the font and then join the membership, that's even more important. If they could buy the font, it's $1.99, I get a few cents, whatever. I don't, I don't remember exactly how much I get if they just buy the font. But what's more valuable to me as an affiliate is if they were to purchase a membership to that font site, because then that, that would be a, like a higher commission from me sending them there. So I am a digital affiliate with places that sell graphics and, th and fonts that you can cut out with the brother scan and cut. So art supplies, 
digital affiliates, Amazon affiliates. So that is called affiliate marketing. I have a few. I I'm actually have several more because I'm actually part of these groups that let you promote even more. And recently, Amazon has asked me to become an influencer. They, they, they say, would you apply to be an influencer? So I applied to be an influencer and they accepted me. And now I have to figure out what that entails because I already thought I was an influencer because I was already affiliate marketing for them for so many years that I was like, well, what does this entail? So I think it's going to be more of something where I have a page, a shopping page, and that's going to be really nice because I can send everybody to that page. And on that page, I can do reviews and have the links to all the different things in one spot. Because many times people said, oh, I bought a scan and cut because of you, Paper Chef. I mean, not just many times. If I had a dollar for every time someone said it, I'd probably be rich. But I would say, great, did you use my link? I didn't know you had a link. Or what link? Or they said, I clicked on your link, but then I got it a month later. Ah, oh, I'm holding my head right now. Okay, if you click on a link and then you don't buy it for a month later, the person whose link you clicked on does not get credit for it because the cookie, which we talked about, expires. There goes that. So I have not been promoting that enough. And as I always tell the people that I'm trying to help mentor through this journey is that all of this business stuff is a journey and you just get better at it over time, but you never really arrive at a destination ever. You just keep planting seeds and hopefully they grow and don't sprout weeds. And if they grow, you have a harvest eventually. And if not, if you're not taking care of the little and you're not picking out those weeds or you're not nurturing things, those things wither away. So some of my little ventures kind of withered away and some are blossoming. All right, let me get my pen out because I want to make sure that I'm checking these off as I cover these. So we talked about direct sales. We've talked about affiliates. And now I would like to talk about several recurring revenue streams. It is very important if you want to stay in business, and this is a business, whether you have, whether you're doing direct sales, you are an independent person doing that if you're affiliated with a company that is, or whether you're you're just running your YouTube channel, a Facebook page, Instagram, whatever you're working on, whatever. I'm just trying to read the comments and do this still. Okay, I'll get back to you, Betty. She's uh, talking about the scan and cut there. Whenever you are running your business, okay, and you could do it as you see fit, you may just concentrate on one aspect of it or another. It's still a business. But without predictable revenue, it's going to be very hard to grow as a business because, you know, things happen where economy and, and people and, and the times of the year and other expenses and et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you don't have some recurring sources of revenue, then you can't really know what to purchase. You can't. Can I really purchase that item? Am I going to be able to, like, for example, the she shed, it was very, very expensive to get a she shed and then these shelves behind me from Ikea and then the shelving units and the different things and the wood and the insulation and the paint. But at the point where I did that, I did not do that in 2016 when I joined Stampin' Up. I did that 
after I got to a certain point where I knew I was having some predictable revenue streams, and then I was able to make payments on this, this building, it's actual building. It was, in fact, if you haven't seen the video, it's pretty cool because it rolled down the driveway. They put it on a dolly from the back of the truck and rolled it down the driveway and it's in a little building. And I'm, you know, this building is an expense that you can write off, but it's still, it's still an expense to your business. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that without recurring revenue. So please, I, I beg of you, and I'm going to, I'm going to do a whole episode in my Grow Your Crafty Business group. And those of you who are channel members, we, which we'll get to, that's one of the recurring sources, can, you're automatically, if you're at the mastermind level of this channel, you're going to be automatically enrolled in my Grow Your Crafty Business group. All right, let's talk about it. Several years ago, there's, there's a group called Patreon, and it's still around, and I still have, I still have a group, recurring revenue there. And this is before YouTube started what's called channel memberships. And they invited me to that recently, just a, actually just a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I started my channel memberships. But before that, the way you support a creator, a content creator on YouTube was by supporting them through Patreon. And maybe there are other ways, like you may have gone to websites where it says, buy me a coffee. And that's how you could support creators. Well, I joined Patreon and offered perks to my the, those who pledged, they're called Patreons. So I'd say, hello, Patreons, right? That means they're a Patreon, they're supporting the channel. And then you give them perks. And the perks, mostly, my biggest perk for, for everybody that's my Patreon, at, there's four levels. There's a free level. So please go at least join the free level. That'd be great to get support. You'll get perks once in a while, even at the free level. And I do post for them. And then there's the, the there's three other tiers. I'm thinking I called them like gold, silver, platinum, right? But, I, and then on YouTube, I call it something else. But at this, the top two levels, they get, one level gets a card in the mail and the next level gets other perks. Plus all of them get the coupons for my courses. So that's a perk for supporting the channel. But a lot of people support the channel because they feel like the channel is giving them valuable content and they help the creator. Many would do that without anything in return. In fact, some already bought my courses and some even said to me, it's okay, I'm gonna buy your course anyway because I wanna support you. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna give you a coupon and they would say, no, it's okay, I'm gonna still support you, I'm gonna buy your course. So the channel Patreons are there to help supplement creators' income so that they can go off and develop more things that the Patreons want. So for example, they came up with titles of my courses. In fact, I'm so glad they did because my best-selling course, and I'll get to the courses later, was a result of a poll by my Patreons who, who told me what topic they wanted. In fact, many courses were the result of a poll from the Patreons. But when they did, one of those courses really took off. It's because what my Patreons wanted, they're kind of representing the rest of all of my viewers and my customers and my students because that's, that's what they wanted as well. So that's kind of cool. So you can give them polls and things like that. And there's, there's other kinds of perks. So the Patreon is one source of recurring revenue. You may have heard of the term continuity programs, continuity programs. And that's, that's when you have memberships 
that people enroll in from month to month. And YouTube has recently asked me, do you want to start a membership? And so it wasn't available to me years ago and I clicked okay and I went through the steps and got some little icons developed so I knew who my members are when they comment. They have little emojis and icons next to their names and then thought of the three perks for the YouTube membership. And now I have three perk, three YouTube membership levels. It, it, they are Crafty Friends, Crafty Besties, and Crafty Masterminds. Mastermind. And that's the level that gets the membership to my Grow Your Crafty Business group, which you can also enroll in in other ways on my podcast, the link to my podcast, which I'll share at the end. Now, there are different kinds of perks and different kinds of reasons you'd want to have one or the other. I really started Patreon because I didn't have another option. And Patreon is a, a little jump away from YouTube. So they don't really promote others going there. You have to kind of promote it yourself. YouTube does, however, promote you, members joining the channel because it's under every video do you want to join. So that's pretty nice. However, Patreon takes a very small percentage, whereas YouTube takes like a third of whatever people pledge. So there's that. Either way, I'm so grateful that I have members at in Patreon, my Patreon supporters, and members in my YouTube already, even though it just started. So grateful because that kind of feeling that you get when you know, you know, yes, there'll be a little bit of attrition, but when you know from month to month that there's going to be a, a recurring source of revenue that you can depend on, then you can start planning for other projects and grow in other ways. And you can reinvest some of the income, which I do on personal development and things to help grow my business and grow as a person. And then I can reinvest that and share that with my community. So it all just goes around, kind of right, the cycle, the circle of life. All right, let's not try to sing on this podcast. All right, next I'm going to talk about the Grow Your Crafty Business membership group that I started. It's a Facebook group, but we meet on Zoom each week. I don't plan on meeting for three hours each time, but we are just getting started and we are checking in. Members have questions. Some have not started anything yet with social media where others have an in-person physical business and a Stampin' Up! business or someone else just has a like not, nothing yet. They haven't started doing anything yet and they want to start from square one. So it's taking a little bit longer, but in the future, I envision for this group a group where they start teaching each other some things and they start featuring things that they've learned okay, and helping each other. So what it is, is, and, and it's just a vision I had. I said, I want to start a Grow Your Crafty Business group so I can help others who I feel like were like me when I first started. And the group is, we've talked about, last night we talked about social media strategies. They get to vote on the topics. And then we've had two other meetings. I did setting, the first meeting was all about setting your goals and gave everybody a Google sheet, showed them how to use it. So now they can track their goals by quarterly, weekly, etc. Any kind of project that they have, whatever they want to achieve in their business, or some track some personal goals and not even in a business sense, because goal setting is important, then that's what we did on our first night. And then in the second night, I know Linda is here. What did we do the second night? It's only been a week and I forgot what we did the second night. But we, we are full on in that group and that is 
really fun and my team members get a discount and my YouTube masterminds get that group for free and my Patreon members get a discount and anyone else that wants to join, it's it's really easy to join on my podcast channel, hellocraftyfriends.com. All right. I now have a couple other things that I do from month to month. One is a card club. I started it six months ago. I think it's probably the most strategic thing I did in my business. And I really wish I would have started it years ago. Canva. Thank you, Linda. We, we did Canva. We did a whole workshop on how to do Canva graphics last week. Huh. I do that so much that I forgot that I did it with my Grow Your Crafty Business. So we, last month in my Card on Blue card club, we made these cards. So we made, we used the festive and fun stamp set and we created these eight cards. So the, why is this such a great thing to do for a business? And I really recommend that anyone that's interested in this follow the logic here because it, it, it serves a couple purposes strategically. And like I said, I could do a whole episode on it, but say I'm featuring this for that month, then it is a way to help sell, and I'm holding up the Festive and Fun stamp set, it is a way to help, of course, sell the stamp set, so that helps for that reason. But it's also a way to feature so many products because we used in, that, in those four cards I just showed you, four colors of current cardstock, two kinds of designer series paper, certain kinds of ribbon, certain kinds of embellishment. Follow this. Now it's content for your channel. It's content for your channel, okay? Now it is not just content for your channel, it's repurposable content for your social media because now you can, now you can make a video when you're done with those cards, making a reel, showing the cards. You could do a short form content talking about your club. Okay, it is nice, predictable revenue. So I started out, I want to say like eight members, you know, eight to 10. And I have about 30-ish, but it serves so many more purposes than I just love that it grows. It's not taking double, triple the work because I have more. It's taking a little bit more work for each extra person. My mom helps me with the ribbons, wrapping them. Um, she makes swag bags, which I'll get to. My other friends help me, crafty friends help me die cut for the club. So it's it's not like an... When you, when you double in your size of your club, you don't double the amount of work. That's what's nice. It's, it's what we call scalable in your business. It's scalable without totally stressing you out. Now, I could probably handle, and of course, I'm a very positive person, so I'm just going to throw this number out there. 200 people. Okay, I'm, I'm just throwing a number out there. I probably could handle that without spending the entire month making things and mailing things because... As you get more, like it's already a lot of work to cut the cardstock and to make the embellishments and to do this and that, but it wouldn't be like so much more work to do a second pack of cardstock at the same time. One pack of cardstock has 24 pieces of paper, cardstock in it, and that's 24 people, but they get two to, you would need four packs per the club because they get different colors, but it doesn't take like double the time to do the second pack. Okay. So I'm just, I'm, tr I'm working my way up now. It serves other purposes because we, I use the card club as a reward system for my team. You can earn a free card club membership. It's a $39 membership. So that's a really nice perk. It also serves as a way of teaching people how to make simpler cards than my recurring workshop. Because I also do a recurring workshop. 
it because we only need a stamp set. We don't need any die cuts, any scanning cuts, no machines. It's a way for me to teach. Well, I don't really do anything that simply because as you can see, they have many layers. And now I'm holding up the ones for this month where we do so sincere. That's what we're featuring this month. And you can see that there's lots of layers, but still it's very simple. You, you get these die cut pieces and you stamp the sentiments onto them. And then it's just a very easy tutorial. And this is one tutorial, so that's content for my channel. And it's also focused content. I know on the third week of every month, I'll be doing a card club video or on one video on each designer series paper. And then this is Delightful Floral. And this is gonna be a second video. So there's two videos planned for me for the third week of every month, which would be my card club videos. So that's content already. When, when you talk about social media strategy, you need to plan your content and each piece of content should have a strategy as well as the tactic of that you're going about using to create that piece of content. And, and for this piece, for this, it's just so many reasons that I love it. And I get to spoil the members each month with something unique that's always a surprise. Well, except when I show it on my channel and then it no longer becomes a surprise. I've shared Wink of Stella one month. That's a glitter brush. I've shared, let me think of all the things. You guys are gonna be able to name them before I, blending brushes, card, acetate card boxes of packaging materials, adhesive dimensionals. Like you get to share fun things with your club members every month and they don't know what it's gonna be and they don't always know what the, the gems are gonna be. I can add candy to it. Also, because I mail so much stuff, it's a strategic way of also sending thank you cards to customers because you can put it in with their card club, catalogs because all card club members get all the catalogs, any kind of promotional materials coming up. We have a sign up special or we have a, here's, here's a QR code for some event I'm having. Glue, thank you, I gave everybody Tombow glue. You guys are awesome. And this is a way of helping with the postage because this is a very, Posted, postage intensive business. So having a card club has helped me in so many ways. Now to keep members in the card club, the strategy is to get every six months, you, they get a swag bag. And here's my mom, my secret weapon is my mom. I shouldn't have used the word weapon on my channel. Oh no. Anyway, my secret helper, <laughs> okay, I should say, is my mom. She is amazing. She sews, she's, been, she's 92, 91. Oh my goodness, I just forgot her name. Born in 1932. All right, yes, 91. She's been sewing since before she was seven, but she made her first dress at seven. She's still sewing aprons. She makes bags for my, my team and my, my workshop that I'll talk about next and my craft club. When they get to the six month mark, they get a bag full of swag. And they need to be in the club for six consecutive months to get that swag bag. It is extra postage to send that. But throughout the time I'm preparing for this, this is because I know now, yes, a couple may have dropped for financial reasons or whatever reason, but I know pretty much how many people are going to still be there next month. So if I say 30-ish, I could still count on 28 next month, even if a couple dropped because, you know, I'm only going to count on a couple that would ever drop out. So therefore I can plan on mom, can you make this many bags? And then I order this many chamois and this many stamp cases and this many things to put in the swag bag. And I do that over time. So when the six month mark comes, 
I'm ready. So the first eight people just got their swag bag for the six months. And now a few more people are going to get the same swag bag next month when it becomes their six-month mark. And the, the club can grow over time. It's going to be amazing when it does. I hope I can keep up with it. And yes, thank you. My mom is amazing. I appreciate that, Kim. So we're still talking about recurring revenue now. We've talked about Patreon, YouTube, Grow Your Crafty Business membership group, Cardon Blue, which is the name Cardon Blue, is the name of my crafty club. And then I have what's called a workshop series every month on my channel. We just finished up these projects here. I'm holding up the very cute bundle. Or I'm, I'm holding up cards created with the very cute bundle. The difference between a workshop and a craft club is that a workshop includes both either a punch and the stamp set or dies and a stamp set. And that was the last month. That was the month of October. And the month of November, I've only started the first part. And you'll see why because I've been working on a lot of other crafts. But maybe I'll do a late night session with you guys. But this is what we've did in part one. And it is called Crafting With You. And that is the name of the bundle that we're focused on during the month of November. Here's what the here's what that looks like. I'm holding up the Crafting With You stamp set and some cards that we created. Now this one is kind of more of an advanced level and I do it almost every month and it's a it's a recurring thing so the same not the same people like the card club is the same people sign up every month because it's a subscription and did you know that PayPal allows you to have a subscription so you might be thinking how is she doing all this tech I don't have a way to accept payments blah 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 I don't want to hear it my coaches don't let me give any excuses and I'm not letting you have any excuses because it is so easy to accept subscription payments through PayPal. Like I set it up in five minutes. In fact, it's too easy because sometimes we accidentally do double, like people click on doubling, end up with a double subscription and I have to cancel one. It's that easy that if you click on it two times fast, you'll be in there twice. So that is the workshop power is not a subscription, but most of the same people sign up every month. So I call it a recurring revenue stream. Although it is more unpredictable than the craft club because one time, and this is in the middle of me doing this, I've been doing it for about four years, or at least three years. I've been doing workshop series every single month for years and years and years, and almost every single month. Like we're not gonna do December because we already have the, the card club going on, but we, I've been doing this so long, and one time in the middle of doing it, like two years into it, so bizarre, I had four people sign up for the, I'm sorry I can't sign up Canada, but thank you. I'm not allowed to do my clubs and workshops for Canada, not just because of the shipping, but because I'm not allowed to send my Stampin' Up! products to Canada, but there are Canadian demonstrators. So if you are one, please get in touch with Kim N because she's asking about it right now. Anyway, um, when you workshop, one time in the middle of doing the workshops, I had four people sign up and I was like, that's bizarre. Cause I made all these like packets or I got all this, I ordered all the stuff cause you have to order a pack of each color cardstock to put them in the kits. And I ended up with four for whatever reason. It just could have been that they weren't into that particular product that particular month. But it's usually about, you know, a dozen lately it's been a dozen. But when I didn't have a card club, I will say, I will tell you that it was more. I think some I think some now prefer the card club and aren't doing both the workshop and the card club. I have customers that do 
every one of my subscription offerings, which the next one I'm going to share. I'm still not even done recurring revenue streams. I'm going to share Paper Pumpkin next. And I have customers that do my Paper Pumpkin subscription, my Card on Blue Card Club, and my workshop series every month. And when I do a In Color Club and other product-based clubs. Okay, so other product-based clubs, I'll just mention quickly because then I'll do Paper Pumpkin, is in the past I've done things like Celebration Card Club or Christmas Card Club or In Color Product Club where you buy all the, in, the new In Colors over a five-month period. That used to be really popular in the, in the past, and it's now I think my customers are just buying them themselves more. They're still getting the In Colors, but certain times the In Color Clubs are way more popular than other times. It, it all depends on what the colors are. But those are those are clubs that last for like five months, so I'm not going to consider them recurring revenue because, or in the celebration club, it was a one-time club. I'll probably do it again in January, but it's it's making all this, it's making cards with all the new celebration stamp sets. That's what's really fun. So we use all the freebie stamp sets and we make something with every freebie. So I, I do that as a celebration club and that's just a, one-time club, but it goes for a two-month period. My in-color clubs go for five-month period. But Paper Pumpkin is what I'm going to talk about next. That is a subscription offered by my company for customers in the U.S. And they get a little box of crafty goodness delivered to their door every month. Love it. And it includes a stamping spot, a stamp set. And we don't know what we're going to get each month. We just know what the theme will be. Sometimes there's add-ons we can purchase with that. And I love my Paper Pumpkin customers. It's just really fun to have them because then I get to show them some alternative projects to make with these kits. So that is a subscription box. So that is, those are, I've covered now all of the different recurring revenue streams that I depend on each month. Next, I want to talk about teaching crafts because certain months, Teaching crafts would be my primary source of income. And when I say teaching crafts, you might be saying that's all you do. Like you're on YouTube, that's all you do is teaching crafts. And yes, there is a way to make money from YouTube teaching crafts. And that's part of this little section on teaching crafts. But I want to start out with my main source of income from teaching crafts. And that is Udemy. And I will give you pros and cons of me hosting my things on Udemy as well. And it, and I think I should do a whole episode on this because those of you that want to get into teaching crafts online, this is a great place to start. So when I first, I've always been teaching, let's start there. And then even when I was teaching on YouTube, I was teaching, but I wanted to organize my content in a different kind of way to make it easier for those learning about it to digest it. And I wanted to do everything step by step. So I started creating content and I then I started creating courses and I thought, you know, let me see where I could host them. And at the time, everybody was charging, you know, $100 a month, $149 a month, et cetera, et cetera. There was no, there weren't really many free platforms that I was able to host on. And I was led to Udemy because it was a free platform. It still is. It still is a free platform for you to host your courses on. So I want you to think about that. And you might be thinking, oh, there can't be a demand for craft courses. Yes, I've created the demand for you. So there, 
You have a demand. There are people who are taking crafting courses. I can vouch for that. So there are crafty friends taking crafty courses there. Not just mine. You know, there's a few other types of crafty courses there as well, like painting and knitting. And I mean, there's there's all kinds of, I'm in the lifestyle category. So there's all kinds of courses on there. So that's the reason I chose you to meet. Now, the downside of not paying for that original membership of a company is that I could have then had the emails of my students. And one of the things that's very important when you build a business is building an email list, which I didn't even start building until so far into this process that it's kind of shameful. But I do it now, so which, you know we live and learn. But if I want to email my Udemy students, I and there are over, I mean, what, 4,000? There's probably more than 4,000 at this point. But if I want to email them, I have to do it through them and they send out the email. So I have no idea what anybody's email is. And I would love to give them perks for taking my course. I don't know what their email is. I can write them a message, but they usually don't write me back if I write a message inside the platform. So the platform is owned by someone else. Therefore, they have the emails of my students. And that's kind of hard for marketing purposes. So, but I, they do, it's good and it's bad. When you do offer a new course, you can send it out to your students. And, and then they are lot, most likely the ones who take your future courses. That is one model that I want to explain how you make money from this model. Now, you really shouldn't join Udemy and just start creating courses there unless you're simultaneously working on another way of lead generation. And when I say lead generation, yes, you can sign up for my Scan and Cut group from any country you're in. So that's a good question. So yes, you can go sign for my brother's Scan and Cut group. All right, lead generation would be like this channel, an Instagram channel, a Facebook channel. Because when you do have a course on Udemy, people aren't just gonna stumble upon it and find it very easily. You need to be the one to market that course. So if you haven't been teaching and adding value in other ways, you get to the point of, I have a new course, and you tell people about it, then you don't have a lot, whole lot of people to tell about it if you haven't also been teaching on other platforms. So here's how it works. If I send a coupon out for my Udemy courses through my Brother Scan and Cut group, for example, which I have, and I was just answering questions about, can others join it? Yes, you can from any country. It's a free Facebook group. If I share a coupon in there, and you click on that coupon, and let's say it's a $9.99 coupon, then I get most of that revenue. Maybe nine, I'm gonna say $9.50. It could be $9.75, I don't really know, because it all it's all just, let's say $9.75, or very high percentage of the $9.99. Because I marketed the course and I gave you a coupon and you clicked on it and you took my course based on my promotion of that course. However, if you host your course on Udemy and you just expect people to stumble upon it and find it, which every month people stumble upon my courses and find them, which is great because I love when people stumble upon and find it. If they pay $10, for example, and Udemy offers them a sale, then I would only get $5 of that revenue. It's my course. You're like, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not really crazy because I did not find those people and I agreed to this when I signed up for the platform. I would get $5. I would get half the money. Now, if for some reason someone, Joe Schmo over here, promotes my course for me, 
And I don't even know who Joe Schmo is. Just somebody who's out there promoting Udemy courses. Okay? Someone's out there. They promote my courses and they and somebody signs up. They get 50%. They're the affiliate. Udemy gets 25%. And I, as the instructor, only get 25%. And every month that happens, there are people out there promoting my courses for me. I don't know who they are. I wish I knew who they were because... I would go do things for their audience. I would be like, hey, I see you're promoting my courses. But again, I don't have data from the platform. I do have some data, but I don't have a lot of data. So I don't know who's sending people to my courses, but I just know that I get like $2.50 or you know less. Now it adds up. The courses should cost more, but the platform is made for the whole world. And I really feel good about that. In that, I, I mean, I feel good and I don't feel good. I mean, it's one of those things where, yes, if I was on my own platform charging a subscription, I was charged a subscription, I would have to charge more for my courses and the courses probably would have made more. But however, I wouldn't have reached out to people from all over the world who are taking my courses, who then reach out to me, who join my groups, who follow me, then follow my channel. I'm really happy with the community I've built because it's on such a low cost platform. It is, it is enabled me to grow this channel to I'm almost at 38,000 subscribers. So, I mean, there's that. So I'm very happy that my courses have been inexpensive in that regards. But there might be other types of courses in the future that I put on different platforms and I will have to charge accordingly for where those are. So we've talked about those teaching, teaching as one way of, re of getting income. And that is one place you can do it. And there are now hundreds of different kinds of platforms that you can put your courses on. You can also charge for webinars, challenges. You can do them free or charge, but you can always have sort of a, something you're charged. And you're still teaching. And these are different ways of charging for your teaching. And you could charge for modules that are pre-recorded or live trainings. You could charge for Zooms. You could start this now if you wanted to start something where I'm going to teach a Zoom on crafting. Then you could teach that and charge for that. And then they could sign up. And it would be an event. We'll get to that when we get to the events. So another place that I have listed for teaching, even though this is my least, probably of all the sources of income, it's the least amount of income because I haven't really done much with it. But years ago, my friend Tracy said, hey, I'm on Skillshare. Why don't you join Skillshare? Here's my link. So I, she had a link and I joined with her link. I joined as a member and that's called an affiliate link. We talked about affiliate links. She's an instructor on Skillshare. Follow me. Follow me as I explain this. She's an instructor. She got me to join. Whether I watched her course or not did not matter. The fact that she got me to join from her link, I think she got $10 at the time. That's all it was. Okay? That's all we used to get. Now, we get a percentage of the person's first year of membership. So, we as referring, when we refer you to Skillshare, we get a lot more as an instructor, whether you watch my courses or not. As an instructor, we are allowed to refer the platform. Now, how do you make money on Skillshare? It's not like Udemy. It's, now there are people who are crushing it, crushing it with art classes and things. It, the way you make money though is by the minute. Now, paper crafters, it's not that there aren't people watching my paper crafting tutorials, but it's just not as much. They usually watch it once and they follow the steps and they do it. Whereas like an art class, you might watch it and then, well, I don't know if you get paid again if they watch it a second time, but I just know that the art classes, I think 
They have way more minutes watched, but there's knitting and all kinds of skills, life skills in there. And the way you get paid is by the minute. So it doesn't add up to much, but referrals could add up to a lot if you refer a lot of people to the platform. So those are the two ways you make money off the platform. You do not make money when each person takes your course. It does not matter. It does not matter that you got them to take your course. You, you do not, like say, you would think, oh, you should get $10 a course. No, you don't get anything unless they actually watch your course and you get paid by the minutes watched. So that's an interesting way of doing it. Now, my favorite thing, way of making money from teaching is by what's called advertising revenue. Right now, this video is monetized. Now, if you're listening to this as a podcast episode, it is not monetized, meaning there's no advertisements being thrown in the middle or at the beginning or the end of what you're listening to. But on the video, there are advertisements. I do not pick the advertisements. All I do is say that this channel is suitable for advertisements. I, I have to click that for each video. I have to say, yes, this video does not contain you know, any kinds of things that would not be suitable for advertisements. I'm not gonna say those things because then they'll flag me. And then advertisements will be put at the beginning of this video. And please don't skip those ads because if you skip the ads, the content creator does not get any revenue from advertisement that day from you. So this is the way that if you wanna support someone and you don't have a lot of money and you don't wanna buy things or you can't buy things because you live in another country, for example, well, this is the way you can support the people that you like. And this helps them create more things that you want to watch. If you're not supporting them, they will go off and do other things and they will not stay on YouTube doing that because it's not going to be of a value for them to keep coming back to YouTube. YouTube is so important for me as a revenue source that you will see me on here for several hours live per week. I love, I love live. I don't like notes. I just, I have a few notes here. This is it. This is my whole hour long podcast. I mean, it's going to be longer than an hour, actually this one, because I'm not even done all the 21 things. But what I'm saying is one page, couple notes. I might put a sticky on my tripod or when I do a tutorial, it's just live and it's not even any notes. It's just me repeating some craft that I made step by step. I love the interaction. I love it. So you'll see me on here for several hours a week. I love that I get support in the way of advertisement without even having to ask anyone to do anything differently. You're not doing anything. There's no, there, there's nothing to ask for. The advertising revenue just comes, okay? It comes every month. The most diary, I did a whole video about this, if you, or a whole podcast about this. And it, it's, the, the podcast episode was how I've made over $20,000 on YouTube and I was explaining that my highest month was over $700 and I explained what my lowest month was in my whole YouTube journey. So please listen to that episode if you wanna know how, what the concepts are about monetizing your channel and how I grew this channel. And it only gets better and better as people support you because then you can buy those lights. My light's coming in from the side right now. It should be from this way, but you know, hey, it is what it is. You know, you gotta position the lights a certain way the microphones, the tripods, all of these things, you, you get more support and then you can step up your game. You create better content. You get better reviews and people like your channel better. They, they like, they subscribe, they leave comments, they engage with you. And then you can start having groups 
to support the channel and then you do polls, ask people what they want, and then you can teach them more of what they want and everybody is happy. So that is a great source of revenue is advertising. Now, if you want to know about blogging, I have made money from blogging, although I make way more from YouTube, but it's the same process. Advertising revenue all goes through Google AdWords or Google AdSense. So the very first step you need to do, if you want to get into this, and say you're watching this and you have a channel, or let's say you have a blog and a channel, or both or neither or one or the other, okay? You have a blog, you have a YouTube channel, or one or the other. And I say a blog, like a web page where you're talking about crafting. You want to sign up for the Google AdSense account because it's how they pay you for both the YouTube advertisements and any advertisements on my page. So if you go to my page, my website, the paperchef.com, it is annoying, but there's a couple little banners there. But you know what? It is what it is. It's There's a couple little banners there and you can close the banners. But if you leave the banners up or you click on the banners, then that's a way to support the channel. And that's how a little bit comes from the blog or the website. I call it a blog, but it's a website. It's, it's where I have my feed of my different things that I'm creating. You don't really want to depend on a blog unless you are a blogger with an email list. Because the blog itself may have some advertisements, but it's not going to have as many types. It's not going to have the types of advertisements that get put on a YouTube channel. Now, I'm not saying blogs aren't lucrative because there are many people making a lot of money off blogs. But what I'm saying is people tend, uh, let's, let's just put it this way. You have a tutorial that you're going to teach on crafting. It is a card making tutorial, step by step. You go and you spend all this time writing out the blog. Someone goes there, they click on the PDF and they're out of there in two seconds flat. How valuable is that to an advertiser on your page. They're there for two seconds flat. You have the same tutorial. You're on YouTube. It takes you one hour to teach that same tutorial. They need to watch the ads at the beginning to get to the video. There's an ad in the middle and then possibly at the end, there's another ad. That is more valuable to an advertiser because you have a captive audience that's actually going to, well, some are going to watch the ads. You see, on a, on a blog, they're not there for as long. Now, if you want to keep them there or you want to get them to stay there, you could do things such as have them sign up for a mailing list. Again, lesson learned. I'm doing it on Hello Crafty Friends. You can see that there's a little thing that pops up and ask you for your email address to get on the list. Although I haven't sent any emails to my podcast listeners yet. Shame, shame. Sorry, this is episode six. Sorry about that, guys. But I'm collecting the email addresses for once. I did not do that on my... I did not have any easy way to collect email addresses on my website in the past. Now I do, I have a little form there now, and there's one on Facebook and there's, I do have a newsletter, but that's how people make money off blogging is they get them to stay on their page longer, long articles with ads all throughout them. There's a lot of money to be made with long articles and like lots of advertisement throughout them. However, card tutorials don't tend to be super long and scrolling and lots of text. They tend to be very visual click and grab your PDF and download it. It's very visual. All right, so we are done talking about the teaching part of how you can make money from crafting. And I and I'm plan on getting on some other platforms as well, and we'll see how that goes. There's so many new platforms that have sprung up 
where I could host my courses and in addition to keeping them on, I would still keep them on Udemy, of course, but there's other places I could host them as well. Now let's talk about selling your crafts. And I'm just going to give you some visuals. This is what I'm working on right now. And I have a course coming out. Oh, by the way, Udemy, I have 15 courses already. They're on the scan and cut and they're card making workshops and paper crafting workshops. And same with Skillshare. I don't have that many on Skillshare. But on, on Udemy, very soon, because I'm almost done filming the part where I'm going to launch it. It's not going to be complete when I launch it because I'm not going to the craft fair yet. But I have a course called Making and Selling Crafts. And in that course, you are going to see tutorials that maybe you've seen in other places, but they're organized for you. All courses really are, when it comes down to it, is organized knowledge, right? These courses make it easy for you to follow step-by-step on how to make my best-selling craft fair items. And I even have some more that I'll show you when I get to the display part of the course because before I go to the craft fair, I'm going to show you how I display the items. So one thing that my team member, Jean, posted in our group one time was these, these sticky note holders. They're very useful, and you can even stamp the inside of them. And I go through step-by-step step about how to coordinate the card stock, the designer series paper, the measurements, how to embellish, how to, a little bit of stamping, but it's more about, it's more about the paper craft itself than it is about the stamping. So those of you listening, I'm holding up these sticky note holders. Another module for that course is going to be how I make these very, very popular nail file boxes and all the different things you can put in them, different ways to embellish them, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, another one will be, trying to think, uh, Hershey Nugget Treats. I don't, someone bought all my Hershey Nugget Treats except for one. This is the only one I have left because they bought it when they were visiting me and I had to just make this one as a sample. So this, this module's almost done. Um, we're gonna show you the finished ones. I do everything in stages. It takes me very long time to develop a course because I'm, I will say, introduction to the project. And then I say, here's the materials you need. Here's how to, you know, do it, et cetera, et cetera. Here's how to make the, each step of the process, the paper and everything. So when I get to the end, then, then that'll be the final project. All right, so all of these things are things that I sell. Craft fairs, I, I've done another whole rant on this. And you, when I talked about my craft fair calculator, is craft fairs serve such like another purpose besides selling. And I'm also selling these gift card holder cards, which is another crafty workshop I'm doing uh, right here. Here, this is another crafty workshop I'm doing. These are gift card holder cards. So all these different things are in there. Anyway, uh, paper. Okay, note, I've, sh I've shown the sticky note holders, the nail file boxes, the Hershey Nugget treats, the card from the card making workshop. And now I'm gonna show you some paper purses, which are also in the making and selling craft course. All of these little paper purses, some have sentiments, some don't. They don't really need sentiments. And you can put these lip balms inside or, of course, candy. Or you can let them pick what to put inside, which is always fun. And then I have another couple of popular items that I'll talk about. All right, back to the topic of selling. Selling is not about selling. And, I mean, yes and no, it is about selling. But I love designing and making things 
like making the designs. So a lot of my coaches are always like, you should outsource, you should get help doing this and that. But there's like no way I wouldn't want to create the designs because that's what I live for. So for me, making these things is so much fun in itself to, to make things because I'm making it with my hands and it's just like, I could do it just all day. Like, I, in fact, I want to do it all day. Decorating each one is like a little work of art, coordinating the colors and the embellishments and that. Then when you, you go to sell them and someone says, oh, that's so pretty. And then I can then talk about, well, I used, it is very pretty, thank you. Stamping up papers are amazing. They really coordinate well together. I use this product and I also sell these. And then I collect email addresses asking if they want to have an in-home workshop, for example. I used to do Hobby Lobby classes. They, they used to, and this is something you might want to check into with your local one. I had to advertise them myself through the local Facebook groups and things like that, local, local advertisement, but you can use the room and do classes in there. So I used to do classes in there. Like I did, I did a lot of kids stuff too, but the adults come and I did Halloween crafts Easter crafts. I didn't call it Stampin' Up class, but I would use Stampin' Up products and people would come to those classes and I would teach them how to make the different things. So anyway, it's so much fun making these things. It's fun like seeing what will fit in these boxes, for example. I'm showing you the, the little peppermint sticks that fit in the nail file boxes. It's a challenge to go, oh, what can I make now? Like, what can I sell that for? Da, da, da. And then if you don't sell them, you, you should have a price and you price for profit. I have a craft fair calculator that I've shown on this channel and I'm doing the cost analysis for these things. So we want to make a profit, but if you don't sell it for a profit, you don't lower your price so you don't make a profit. Instead, you give them as gifts, which is so fulfilling, so rewarding to give your crafts as gifts. So this, this is important when you think about the fact that you never ever say, well, I wasted time. No, you didn't waste time. You made things with your hands that you're going to give to people. Like that's amazing. That, that's amazing. I, the fact that I can do that, it's, I'm so grateful that I can do that. And then I have handmade care packages galore. You know, and we, we have a group at my church. We can give them to those ladies. The volunteers at the event. We can give them out to the teachers. We, we can give them out to coworkers. We can give them to waitresses and waiters and the mail carrier. You see... All of these things, care packages, like I said, team members, you can use all of the things that you made if you don't sell them. You can even go online and sell them on Etsy. So I'll talk about Etsy next, but that I just want to talk about in-person craft fairs. I did a little poll about what the craft fairs cost. I asked only about five people and I had $10 as the lowest to 700 Okay, so I'd like you to kind of give me your range of what you've ever paid. I've never paid quite 700, but I've paid a few hundred. I mean, I've paid a lot for certain places, but then I, I was able to charge a lot more also. And sometimes when you pay a lot, there's an entrance fee for the participants and they expect to pay more because they've gone to that fair before and people just charge more at certain places. So you got to charge what the market will bear. I know you're going to be asking me what I charge and I'll be getting into all that in my making and selling crafts course which will be launched soon I, definitely by black friday i mean that's i want to get it to launch this week but if not by black friday i want to launch it while it's not even finished yet so that, that you can start making the crafts even though 
I don't have the display module done yet because I'm not ready to display the crafts. I don't really have the signs done. I'm not sure I'm displaying them yet. All right, so you can collect data. You can collect emails. You can ask people if they want to host parties. You can meet contacts. You can promote your business. You can give out catalogs. You can have a Stampin' Up banner or whatever company you work for. You have a lot more advantages and things. That you, it, there's a lot more to a craft fair than just going to the fair. You get to socialize with other vendors. You get to make new friends. You get to spend time with your helpers at your table. If you have helpers that you're paying, you're employing people. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then my, my craft fair says, will you make a basket? So will you make something to give away in the raffle? So then yes, I'll make something to give away in the raffle. So then, then you get to also give, give something back to the community. It's just a really fun thing to do. And I encourage you to sell your crafts. Now, there's many other benefits to going to a craft fair, such as having order forms. I already have orders for the craft fair coming up because the person who came over to buy the ones at my house the other day and wiped me out of the nugget treats said she still needs some for her coworkers. I said, good, pick them up at the craft fair. Now, normally, if she wasn't my neighbor, I would say, deposit half now, PayPal, Venmo me. But it doesn't matter if she doesn't pick them up because why? I'm not worried about it because I can use them for all those other purposes like I talked about. And therefore, I'm, I'm going to be happy to make a profit, which I will because my table doesn't cost very much. Even if I do two different fares, it's not going to cost that much. And I have something to do with all my leftover crafts. I'm not worried about it. And I could eat the candy myself. Now, you should also value your time and you should keep that into your equation, which gets me to my Etsy. All right, so we have an Etsy shop and it has, we've had over 200, let's see, I wrote it down. We've had 202 orders and 223 sales, like over the time I've had the Etsy shop. So this is in the selling category of, of crafting as, as a way of monetizing your crafts. You are, it's gonna be more time consuming to put things on Etsy because my mom and I sell things there. She sells her aprons there. And I sell digital products that I find that I use myself that are useful, like my craft fair calculator, like my, my Stampin' Up color labels and different things that I find useful. And she sells her aprons and her bags there. Now, it takes so long to make a post for Etsy that it's, unless you duplicate that post and figure out a more time consuming, a time efficient way to do it, it's maybe better if you have a bunch of products that are one of a kind that you have to take lots of pictures of and it's good to also do a video there to help sell it. It's good to have those at an actual craft fair where people can actually look through the aprons and things and she did sell way more in person than we've ever sold in Etsy. I think she, or it's, it's probably close. More through our group. She has a group called Ann's Aprons and it's a private group just like my scan and cut group is. They're private. I say public but anyone can join any group but you still got to get accepted into it. So we're not, make sure you're not like a spammer that's just going to spam the group. But you, you, um, in these, in person, then they can try on the aprons and try on the products. It's a lot easier. So maybe while I'm there, I might have a chance to photograph some. That's the really time consuming part about Etsy. If you're, if you're selling digital products or like cards where you have a lot of the same thing, Etsy is a really good place to sell because you can sell it over and over again and they have the logistics all set up for you. There are fees for listing products there and there are fees for when you sell and there's shipping fees and they take a commission for pretty much everything that people pay you for. They take money for the payment, the final sale value, the listing fee. I mean, there's fees 
galore. But it's so worth it because it sales you wouldn't have made without the store itself. So that is that is like something to consider. It's it should be handmade products, or a few times I've sold some retired supply products there. Etsy's nice for selling retired products because people are always searching for them. Also, Etsy advertises for you outside the platform. And if they do that and they you get a sale as a result and you agree to that, then they take a fee for the advertisements. It's called off-site ads and they take a fee, but that's okay. I'm not worried about it because I wouldn't have sold it without their ad. So we've covered the selling category and the last category is going to be events. So you can make money from crafting through events, but only if you don't lose money from your events. You need to have a budget when you do an event. We had an in-person de demonstrator stamp and share that five of us ran last summer, and it was a profitable event because we had it in a museum that didn't charge very much for the venue. If you have a hotel, it's, it gets very expensive to have an event. We ordered goodies for everybody, swag, we made things for everybody, so that helped save some of the cost, but we had to pay for the supplies to make the things. So we had swag bags and different prizes, and it was all factored into the budget, and we still had a profit from that event. And that's because we, the group I was working with was very cognizant of that, and we made sure that we, we bought things that we could afford for that event. However, sometimes when I run a bingo, I go a little overboard with my prizes, and it could be my bingo events, I'm so excited. It's a way of spoiling my VIPs and my customers. And it could be that I accidentally sent out two packs of the same bingo card, which Janet, you're on here with me. So we're not going to do that again for the, for our holiday team party, but then it made a lot of people win at the same time and you're on zoom and you can't really figure out who called. So you just have to give like extra prizes out. So I think I gave $436 of prizes out my last bingo. Some events are not profitable, but they have other benefits. But some events, if you don't give out two of the same bingo card and there's only one winner per round, it could be that you give out four prizes and it could be a profitable event. Uh, let's see. Retreats are probably the most profitable of all the events that you can run. And that's because even if you consider the hotel, people pay for their own hotel rooms, but you go and you rent out, say, a ballroom in a hotel, and a venue, and you can make a lot because... It's, it's a space and people pay a lot because you're giving them a space for a long period of time, whether it's eight hours on a Saturday or four hours on Friday, eight on Saturday and four on Sunday. I've been to many retreats like this where you just have like such a long time to craft and people pay a lot of money for that. And all you have to do is rent the space. And when you do classes, you charge extra for those classes. Okay. So I have actually everything I've said so far I've done except for the I've, I have been to the retreat, but I haven't run it myself. But every single other thing I've told you about, I have done. Okay, in-home parties, done those. I've had them at my own house, and I've had them at other people's houses. In-home classes and workshops can be very profitable. Sometimes you'll have, and even could be even a Facebook event where there's a host and then their friends order. And sometimes you can get $600 worth of sales in one event, one night, which is good. You drive somewhere, you set up, and especially if you're using kits, that's much easier. At the beginning, I was not using the kits, and that was much more time-consuming. When, when you do get 600 in sales, remember that is total sales, and that you would just get the $150 from that, because that's your commission. Because remember at the beginning, 
of this episode, we talked about commission and that would be the 25% commission. So still it does add up and it's great to have like that many sales for one party. Then the host gets lots of rewards and a half price item or two and everybody's happy. It's a win-win for everybody. Now, if you hear, oh, in-home parties are dead, that is absolutely not true because people are still asking for them. People crave and strive to have human connection. We've lost a lot of that and don't feel like you shouldn't explore that option. I know, I know lots of my crafty friends will have them on the podcast talking about the in-person classes and in-person events. In fact, next week on Wednesday, I'm interviewing someone who has a retreat house. And I've been friends with her for many years. Her name's Christine. And she actually had a dream of building a retreat at her house. And she runs a crop event almost every weekend of the year she's booked. You're going to get to hear some amazing things about how you can profit from that. So let's talk about that for a moment. And there's if you're hosting a class, I don't think unless it's an open house, that it should ever be free. And I don't think that you should ever say pay when you get there because you can end up with some no-shows. You need registrations ahead of time, at least making them pay something ahead of time. And then, or you could say the class could be free with an order, for example, but they have to order ahead of time. Or it could be free with an order afterwards, but if they ordered and they already paid, then you could give them back that money. You need to either have a deposit or a registration system. And I don't care if it's a class or a workshop, as long as it's not an open house where you just have things on display, you need to charge because your time is valuable and you need supplies to do the open house. So before I summarize, I'm going to look at the questions and then I'm going to summarize what we talked about. And as you see, even though I called it 21 ways, we have covered even more than 21 ways here all right. Lots of fun people here tonight. Linda from Stamp Cut and Create. Kathy from Backyard Stamper. Sherry's here. Lara. Kim from Canada. Betty, who has a scan and cut. And I'll have to reply to that later. Because we could go down that rabbit hole, right? And Phil. Oh, yes. Lara's talking scan and cut. Love Colors is talking scan and cut. Wow. I love you guys are having all these conversations. That's great. Janet is here. I'm just seeing if there's any questions that I can actually answer. Still do the Stampin' Up! group. Um, what? Okay. So, yes, I still do the Stampin' Up! group. I'm not sure which Stampin' Up! group, but I have lots of Stampin' Up! groups. So, yes, I still do it. I'm a demonstrator. Yes. Okay, good. You guys are answering for each other. Star, hello. Okay, so I'm not even sure what, if there's like questions or it's more, it's more comments. So that's okay. So today in this episode, thank you all for coming and for listening in. And for the 19 likes and the 20 eyeballs we have right now on this. Let's go for 21 before I'm done. It kind of rhymes. All right. We have covered more than 21 ways to monetize your passion, your creativity in the area of crafting. There are infinite other ways. I'd like to hear some more in the comments and some that I have not even explored yet, such as joint ventures and doing some other partnerships and things. We have covered how I personally create income streams from 
being a Stampin' Up! demonstrator, an independent Stampin' Up! demonstrator, how I have recurring income streams through memberships, channel supporters, subscriptions, and clubs, how I earn money from affiliate marketing by promoting other products that then when someone clicks on the link, I get a small commission, how I have many courses, and those are teaching courses, and how I make money from selling physical products both at craft fairs and showed you a few of those that I'm working on right now and on Etsy. And then how you can make money by running events, whether they are in-person events, such as retreats or the demonstrator event that we had last summer or a bingo event, like a virtual event. I see a question about how would you start out? What would you start out doing? If I were to start out all over again, I would do what I did, except I would have a strategy behind it. I would still do YouTube. YouTube is, to me, the place where you're going to find your tribe because there's so many people on YouTube watching and searching for topics. So I recommend that you start with YouTube and get that down before you move to another platform. Then you want to move on over to Facebook after that. Move on over to Instagram. And after you have some following and some traction, then start developing courses. Because you will have somebody to share your new courses with after you make them, which is going to be a really a big benefit. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure did. It's been one that's been on my mind for a while. And I really am glad I got to share these different ways to generate income. It's only the beginning for you. And you are on a journey. So start planting those seeds so that someday you can reap the harvest. If you'd like to know more about my podcast and listen to some other episodes, please visit hellocraftyfriends.com. There you can sign up for my Hello Crafty Friends podcast newsletter, and you can become part of my Grow Your Crafty Business membership group. That's all for now. This is The Papered Chef. Thank you for joining us on Hello Crafty Friends. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback helps us inspire more crafty entrepreneurs just like you. Stay connected with our community and shape the direction of our podcast. Visit hellocraftyfriends.com to join the Grow Your Crafty Business membership group. Until next time, keep crafting, keep thriving, and keep growing. Goodbye, crafty friends.